Welcome back, everyone, to the Proto Yacht Rock Podcast out of the main. It's already been relabeled. <laughs> yes, it has. Didn't take, At least for today. Yeah, okay. Uh, before we dive in, a couple quick things, uh, just some housekeeping. Uh, remember to, if you can, you support the podcast, just be sure to obviously subscribe, but also rate and review the podcast, if you would, because apparently that helps as well with the algorithms that run our lives. Um, rating is super simple, and as long as you're not driving and you're thinking of it right now, just grab your phone, pull up the podcast, look all the way to the right at that fifth star, you hit that, and then you're done. The other four don't work, I nope, hear. Nope, they do yeah. not work. Uh, and, of course, whether you love the podcast or not, we would appreciate a review. That's housekeeping item number one. Okay. And uh, co-captain John, first-rate no, second rate first Second mate. rate first mate. Yes. Uh, I think it would be appropriate if we observe just a brief moment of silence, apropos of today's episode, mm-hmm. for the passing of one Jim Seals. Indeed. All right. Uh, on with the show, but before we get on with the show, you got a little something-something right there. Before we hit the open seas here, I have a little bit of an addendum to last week's lightning round, where we went through uh, two different versions of Wearing This Love Together. Of course, the Al Jarreau version, which is known as the original, and of course was the big hit. Mm -hmm. And then we also covered the Johnny Mathis version from 2008. And I found this little tidbit literally... After I got home that day of recording, it was only hours later. Were you I looking for it, or was it just one of those serendipitous? It was one of those serendipitous things, you okay. know, because um, I was looking up something regarding Jay Graydon. And anyway, so apparently when Jay was producing Al, they were uh, Jay believed that he still needed a hit. He, they they didn't have the song that was going to be the hit, and mm-hmm. they were going through songs, you know, a box of songs, a box of probably cassette demos, and they get down to the bottom of the box, and Jay. Graydon says to Al, uh, this better be it. Hmm. And they pull out this demo, and of course it was, we're in this love together. But it gets more interesting than that, that apparently that song ended up in the box by mistake. It was originally supposed to be in a different box. It was written for and intended to get to the Larson Featon Band for their 1980 album, of course, which, you know, is a Yacht Rock classic. Oh, yeah. So it was originally supposed to get there, but the writer says that that they had in mind it was first pitched to one Johnny Mathis. Really? And he passed on it. Then it was supposed to go to Larson Featon, and it ended up with Al Jarreau. Now, I would love to hear what that Larson Featon version would have ever sounded like. Yeah. So they, they declined as well, even though it was supposed no, to? No, it, it never got to oh, them because it ended up in the wrong box. Ah, gotcha. I wonder at what point did they find out that that was the case? Larson Featon. Yeah. Maybe maybe they listen to the show and they're finding out right now. Oh, jeez. I have no idea. Don't shoot the best. But anyway, that was an interesting little addendum, and now we may... Uh... Well, before we do, who was the guest? We had a guest on, remember, had a similar story about the demo that he threw and it missed the box. Oh, that was when we talked to uh, Bill Schnee. Yeah. And what was the demo? What was the song? Uh, oh, it was Love Takes Time for Orleans. That's why I knew there was an Orleans connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it kind of slid off the top of the box and was, he yeah. didn't find By it. By the time later. he found it, listened to it, and contacted Orleans and said, I want to cut this track, they had already done it with a yeah. different producer. <laughs> Funny. Right. Yep. God, 
all the things that happened back in the day because we didn't have technology. Right. Some of it right. good, Just some of it simply bad. Just simple as a cassette falling to the bottom of the wrong box or right. falling off the back of a shelf. Yes. Well, speaking of back in the day, we're going even further back in the day than even 1976. We're going to prehistoric times. Yes. By most people's definition. At least people listen to this show. This is like prehistory, right? Right. Protozoic yacht rock or proto-yacht. Or pre-yacht sometimes. Yep. Proto-yacht, pre-yacht. Um, I asked you off-air, I said, is proto-protozoic or prototype? And I th- think it's protozoic, but it could I be think both, so, but really. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't even know exactly if we know entirely what the difference is. Well, I think I know what pre-yacht is, mm-hmm. but is proto-yacht just saying that in a more fancy way, or does it have more nuance to it, meaning that it has feelers and connections to what eventually becomes yacht rock? And I think we, you kind of you find both of these things are you know are worth discussing as it relates to yacht rock. And so for the casual fans, which I know we do have some listeners that aren't like knee deep into yacht rock like right. we are. Right. Um, so what we're talking about, obviously, for those who do know, yacht rock is essentially defined as a time period between seventy six and eighty four. Right. For the most uh, part, right. Other yes. markers, obviously, yeah, right. but that's the time frame for the most part. So anything that existed prior to 1976, for one, usually does not have the sonic markers, right. um, might not even have the personnel, but there's some sort of seed in there that you can trace Yacht Rock back to, hence the term proto-yacht. And right. that's what we're talking about today. Correct. So um, we've touched on this topic a couple of times, and um, we've also in doing so, we've said, is this sort of patient zero yes. or ground zero for Yacht Rock? That's come a, up a bunch of times, right. One was, um, I think the three that I remember, and we can address these one on one by one. I mentioned Dan Seals. So Seals and Crofts. Yeah. Is, I think I know the answer to this question uh, now, though. Okay, good. Um, you might also look at early Boss Gags, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, is it the Katie Lied album of... Which album? Steely Dan. Steely Dan. That was... Uh, Where they start using personnel? Yes, exactly. It's kind of more pretzel logic. Pretzel logic. That's the one I was thinking of. Yep. Because that was where Picaro played. Mm-hmm. Was his first track mm-hmm. with them. So those are how we've defined it in the past. We've tried to find the true sort of patient zero. You think you know it? I didn't until I kind of just looked at my notes. Because when I put my notes together, I wasn't thinking in that term. But if we were to say, let's go all the way back, let's try to follow the cone back to its original point. If we were to say that the the greatest example or expression of Yacht Rock is what a fool believes, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only one on the scale that has a perfect 4 by 100 score. True. Uh, it's often referred to as the one you point to for Doobie Bounce. It's really, we've called that the center of the Yacht Rock universe for those reasons. So, if I were to say that listening to the intro of What a Fool Believes, mm-hmm. tell me if you hear any similarity between the keyboard part, which is the definition of the bounce. Doobie bounce. Tell me if there sounds to be any similarity between that and what a fool believes and that of Saturday in the Park. What year was Saturday in the Park? Uh, 1972. Hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, it's hard to deny that those two have this exact same pattern and very similar structure. They now, do. I'm not saying one is a necessarily a copy of the other, but if we're going to go back, 1972, Saturday in the Park is a pretty early seed. Okay. Well, I'll track with you on that. Okay. Because I brought up as an off-the-map once, remember the song It Never Rains in Southern California? Yep. By uh, Albert Hammond. Albert Hammond. Wow. And remember, I said that this was maybe the germination of Yacht Rock because, well, first of all, let's listen to a little of this bounce, too. Seems it never rains in Southern California. Seems I've often heard that kind of talk before. It never rains in California. There's certainly elements of that same Not the pattern. same thing, but you start to feel this back and forth and back and forth yeah. and back dun, and forth. Dun, 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 yep. dun, 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 Yeah. And it wasn't so much the sonic quality of that at yeah. all, but um, the personnel on that was the proto session cats, which is the wrecking crew. The wrecking crew. Yeah. They would be in yeah. LA. They were the group before this. Well, I was going to call them the current group, but yeah. it's always current to me in 1976. So is that maybe the germination Ooh. of the idea I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I think it's probably too far disconnected, but kind of like, you know, there's this missing link in uh, <laughs> human genealogy. I know. This could be the missing link. So, so yeah, what are some of the, maybe the songs that come to mind, if I were to say to you, proto-yacht, pre-yacht, whatever, what are the ones that kind of come to mind? Because I think there's some of those that get put into these compilations or get played on Sirius or whatever, they're lumped in with Yacht Rock, yet they're cast off as being Nyat because of time frame. But is it fair potentially to include them because they are connected to the yacht in a proto or a pre-yacht way? And I guess I, you know, I'll throw out one example would be some of the early Loggins and Messina stuff, though very folky, very mm. either acoustic guitar or country-esque guitar sounding. We do have stuff like the Full Sail album, which, um, granted, I know that has some Trojan Trojan aspect to it and Vahivala and stuff. These songs get played probably more because of the Kenny Loggins connection to Yacht Rock than maybe the songs themselves. I don't know. Is it fair to include them in that context? Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, Loggins and Messina were, you know... Danny's song is a you know a good example of just really a kind of almost a campfire ballad. But a lot of their stuff, when you listen to their albums, they're pretty um, progressive. Not in a progressive rock way, but progressive in the sense that there's some very long, um, sophisticated uh, arrangement instrumental sections. The woodwind guy gets yeah. his chance to do. They're not just simple three and a half minute strumming. You know, uh, in some granola and strumming three chords. There's exactly. there's more sophistication there than that, even though it doesn't have a yacht sound yet. Right. Yeah. Well, so is the was the question rhetorical? Or do you want me to answer your? I question? didn't want you to answer it, but I want you to answer it based on what I just told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no disagreement with any of that because um, it's funny because somebody just on Facebook the other day, which is where I get all my information, oh, yeah. was uh, complaining that Jim Messina has no business being on the boat because he was so folky and countrified. And but then if you look at his solo record, yeah, that's it's it, so yachty. It's a couple of them are. Yeah. yeah. So that's someone that just hasn't heard it all yet. Right. Yeah. Um, like we have. <laughs> 
But that, yeah, I know. But that's like, you know, you, when you know what you're talking about on Facebook, you're the loudest <laughs> voice. So Exactly. You know. Well, the song I keep coming back to, though, and partially I'm being taken back to it by people like J.D. Riznar and uh, whoever is operating the Today in Yacht Rock Twitter account. They keep bringing up this Diamond Girl song, mm-hmm. um, obviously by Seals of Cross. And that one is always featured incorrectly uh, by the you know compilations and on Sirius, at least in my terms, incorrectly, because it's 1973. Right. Um, does not sound like the rest of Yacht Rock at nope, all. not at all. Um, I wouldn't ha- say it has any of the elements that we've talked about over the years here. But, but... I brought this up before. Just look at the personnel on this album. So, 1973, we've got David Page. Mm-hmm. Put a pin on in that. Uh, Jeff Beccaro, England Dan, and John Ford Coley, amongst others. Now, pretty yachty. And they've got uh, Fender Rhodes featured on it. Okay? Right. Now, if you go back to the prior album... Which is Summer, Summer Breeze, Breeze yeah. right? That's the actual album. Right. To me, sounds even less yachty. But again, that's also on all these compilations. It is. Because of the Trojan horse. But um, the personnel on this record. 1972, so even further back, personnel on this includes... I didn't mention Louis Shelton before, but mm. is he personnel in your mind? Not really. Okay. I mean, he's great. That's and, why I didn't mention busy, it. Busy, but not exactly yeah. yachty personnel. Uh, but uh, this, we have Jim Horn on the flute. Okay. John Ford Coley on piano. Uh, Michael O'Martian on piano. Mm-hmm. You've heard of him. Yeah. He's related to Michael O'Martian. <laughs> uh, Jim Keltner on drums. Yeah. Russ Kunkel on drums. Wow. Uh, Marty Page arranging the strings. Uh, is that... In 1972, the quintessential yeah. proto yacht. It's record. a little bit of Laurel Canyon, and it's a little bit of early yacht. Yeah. But I, I, to me, there's no question that if we're to assume that proto means it has seeds that eventually grow and bloom into yacht rock, there's no question that Seals and Cross do because of the personnel and because of the way that they did their stuff. They, you know, were those two guys, and then they didn't have a quote regular band they used session cats to sort of fill out right exactly and that is sort of the model that becomes even more important later on well we're yeah exactly which i want to come back to because i have another example of that um but it it just a thought occurred to me we didn't address this third other potential proto yacht genesis which was the early well either of them so the steely dan stuff starting in pretzel logic right um and you compared or contrasted that in our hot takes episode where you Mm -hmm. said that is not, Steely Dan is not the forerunner of Yacht Rock, but Scott uh, Boskeggs is kind of a hot take. So yeah. where do you stand on either of those being the germination or genesis of Yacht Rock? Yeah, I mean, I made the case about that because it was barely, I mean, it was a uh, sort of a win by a nose kind of thing. Boskeggs probably started bringing in these Toto Cats and mm-hmm. all of that. Maybe only months earlier, but he kind of beat them to the punch in that. So the only reason I made that case is that right. we, we often think of Steely Dan as being the first one to start that whole Session Cat thing. And really, Boz was doing it as well, if not maybe months to a year earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I still stand that, um, well, I guess you, you, the same can be said for Boz, but I'll, I'll use Steely Dan as an example. And I was going to kind of go there because I was looking at the scale of uh, the the Yatsky scale, and clearly the most Yachty stuff 
uh, is almost entirely the last, when I say the last two albums, I mean of that original era. So that would be Asia and Gaucho. Nearly all of them are from there. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, the, the further back you get, you, you see less and less of the essential and uh, top-rated Yacht Rock tracks. And it really does seem to start with Pretzel Logic. But then I, I go and I ask the question then, is there any reason to think that there's something on the first two albums mm. that would be then considered proto or pre? And or, uh, to Metazoic. me, the answer is What's yes. before it, proto, by the way? Is it Metazoic? I should yeah. know my Zoics. If you, <laughs> if you were to listen to that first album, it's interesting that they never bothered to rate the three hits off that album. I know that they're so far off, and that's sort of the point I'm making. That would be well, Reeling what, in the Years, okay, yeah. Do It Again, mm-hmm. and Dirty Work. Yeah. Um, if you remove those three from that album, the rest of the album sounds much more like later Steely Dan than you realize. Really? But you you're, you lump that first album so much in with just classic rock, particularly Reeling in the Years, because that was the one that just seemed to get played to death. And that super fuzzy, brittle guitar tone is just so completely the anti- antithesis Yep. Of the Yacht Rock sound. Yes, exactly. But I th- do think that there's stuff there early on mm-hmm. that would definitely connect. If they don't want to put it on the scale or they say it's not quite there yet, I get that. But yeah. there's no question that it's leading there. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but reeling in the years, I don't know, fits and doesn't fit for me, but that's here. Neither, neither here nor there. What is here and there is uh, going back to what you said about Boss Gags. Mm-hmm. Even though the model, maybe Steely Dan was... Uh, the forerunners of the model, bringing in all these session cats, and they evolved from a five-piece to, a, you know, basically two guys and a bunch of cats, right? Right. Um, and Boz was doing that as well. Mm-hmm. But the sound that the Toto guys specifically were laying down became, I think, the foundation for what Yacht Rock was going to be supposed to sound like come 2005 and looking back. Alan. Does that even make sense? Yes, I agree with that because the Toto guys as session players – added a different texture than just the jazzy guys of like a Chuck Rainier mm-hmm. and Larry Carlton. You know, when you brought in Luca Thur, you brought in Jeff Percaro or Paige, you brought in something that was a little bit different. You know, Paige was different than, say, Phil and Gaines in the way he played. Right. So by having so much of the Toto guys that did bring a different texture, and I guess I, I sort of have made that point in the past that, it needs a little bit of that in there to me to have the entirety of the Yacht Rock texture in it. Yep. Going back to why I point to JoJo as the one that has every element in it. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. And yeah. Even Lowdown, right? JoJo more so for me. And I, that's The point you made is exactly what I was trying to get out of you is that yeah. Steely Dan, which I do consider a Yacht Rock, it still is a totally different sound then that they may song. have used some toto guys here and there but they mm-hmm. did not inject what we know as the toto sound into their music the way that boss gags did right to sum that up yep another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Um, and a couple of um, questions. So, you know, this is completely a what-if scenario, hypothetical. The other 
big, big major longtime player in the Yacht Rock and pre-Yacht uh, Rock or proto-Yacht Rock area is the Doobie Brothers. And obviously there was a sudden sea change when mm. Michael McDonald joined. Um, so the two-part question is, do you consider any of the pre-Michael stuff to have any proto-element to it? And obviously maybe even asking that in another way is, do you think the Doobie Brothers ever would have evolved to being even somewhat Yachty without Michael McDonald joining? The answer to your first question, I would answer this way, is that in totality, the catalog pre-Michael McDonald as a blanket statement does feels like a totally different genre. It feels like Southern rock or whatever. Okay? Yep. They're now, I'd have to go through and examine bits by bits and see whether there are any signs. Uh, I'll come back to you on that. But I think the answer to your other question is yes, because you pointed it out that what's his name? Uh, Patrick uh, Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. When he decided to do his solo project, it sounded super yachty. Yeah. And everyone was But of course, kinda... by then he was already now influenced by Michael McDonald. True. And then it makes you wonder, Ted Templeman, did Ted Templeman start producing differently because he, he learned a lot producing Michael's mm. stuff and it changed the way he produced, I, you know, cause then he went off and did like Nicolette Larson and stuff and brought some of that yes. doobies texture with them. But all those players had to learn to play differently. Well, I mean, there were a couple of changes, but not yeah. really much. But like I said, you know, the Jim Messina, he evolved into something very yachty sounding. He did. Um, everyone from the Bee Gees to, um, uh, who else have we mentioned that it's like out of the blue became yeah. more and more yachty. Well, uh, like Simon, uh, Garfunkel did a yeah. Yachty tune, right? Yeah. The, the, the Messina thing's perfect, because if you would listen to the Loggins and Messina stuff and stop there and knew nothing about what happened afterwards, like mm -hmm. this guy apparently <laughs> uh, that you mentioned, you would think, no, there's no chance. He's a, a, you know, a twangy guitar player. It's a lot of folk rock. It's uh, you, you don't hear any chance that it's going to get jazzy and smooth, yet not that many years later it did. Well, we keep talking about it. Let's play something for the people who maybe haven't heard it. Let's play a little of that Messina tune. How about uh, Seeing You for the First Time? Seeing you for the first time was such a sweet dream I thought would never come true And you know how things all seem to happen and kissing you for the first time. That sounds pretty yachty. Yeah, it does. It sounds yachtier than Kenny Lockett's, to be honest. <laughs> and it certainly sounds yachtier than South City Midnight Lady. For right? sure. You know, yep. so. Well, and so this kind of dovetails into another question. I mentioned like the Bee Gees or whatever. Everyone, and I'm going to showcase this in the. Uh, lightning round there's so many different artists dipped their toes into this whatever this sound was becoming didn't have a name yet at the time other than west coast yeah right uh they were just like even then that probably came a little later i, I bet it did too know? right so um here's another example can you like seals across can you veer into the harbor because the, sonically again they may have had the model the prototype but they did not have the sound but by 1980 they get songs like you know if in if in any day from 1980. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's all super yachty. And there's other ones. Yep. England, Dan, and John Ford Coley. Like, yeah. I used to think, I really want to see you tonight, is the yacht rock song, right? But it's not. Nope. Looking back, it's going the back essence to of 70s soft rock, though. But what was I thinking, you know, right? Right. But uh, 
for example, not that this is gospel, but the uh, composite Yatsky scale on that tune's 44. Uh, probably through the prism of truly what is capital Y, capital R, Yacht Rock, that's about right. Could it, have be a little high. It even. could be, be high. Yeah. Right. Well, JD gave it a 50. That's the highest score right there. So did Hunter. Wow. Um, wow. Three years ago, I would have said that's like a 92. Yeah. I now know. I'd give it a 32. I still yeah. don't care yeah. either yeah. way. But then they ended up getting pretty yachty on that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde album. Is that what it's called? Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive? Yeah, that one. Yeah. They're both good. That one in particular, though, <laughs> yeah. the personnel, you start getting Luca Thur and all these other cats, and then they do become Yachty. And they start uh, some halftime shuffle on occasion. Jeff uh, Picaro, right? Yeah, right, right. So, so you, yes. So you can, it's interesting, going back to the missing link, you can see that little picture where it shows the evolution of yeah. apes yeah. into humans or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm seeing with some of these artists. That's all just made up stuff anyway. But uh, <laughs> Well, somebody had to draw it. Yeah, that's true. That's what pictures. made up means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to um, give you a quick little quiz. Okay. Just just to get a, sort of a gut response. You don't need to give a... Is there right or wrong answers? No. Nope. Oh, nope. I just, I wrote down a few songs. Okay. Some of them are things that we've talked about before or they show up in these lists. And I just kind of want to get your initial response where do they sit, yacht, proto, or just simply a pre-yacht song? A song that you hear on a yacht rock thing, it's too early in the era, people associate it, but probably shouldn't really be associated. So, okay. Um, what do you think? I got a couple of those for you, too, by okay. the way. Okay. Right. Uh, Looking Glass, Brandy. They'll say, they'll say, Brandy, you're a fine girl. To me, is another one. Now, what is the question again? How did you frame the question? Do you can obviously the question is: Is it yacht rock? We know the answer. That it's not. But do you not. see like some seeds of yacht rock in that, or is it I just do. an early soft rock tune? To me, I see some early seeds. Even okay. though it's 1972, it's funny. I just listened to that whole record yesterday. The rest of it, not at all. Okay, um, sounds like you might expect an album from 1972 to sound okay, a hippie band. Uh, but there's things, I mean, there's the electric piano, there's the horns, right? There's these thick harmonies. All right. Um, to me, I, I hear Genesis. I uh, don't in that one, but okay. Um, well, let me ask you okay. this. Yeah. Uh, I think this is even rated, but I, is this, uh, okay, it's 1978, so it's not pre, but where do you stand on a song like, because I, I liken it to the, what you just mentioned, the Brandy okay. tune, Lady by Little River Band. So Lady! I came into this thinking yeah. that is so yachty, that I song. Know. Me um, too. Not so much anymore, but do you hear elements? Again, it's 1978, so it's in the time frame. It's not pre. Only the way that they structure their harmonies sound like it very well could have been. If it wasn't, you know, knowing the fact that they all could sing in that band, I would have thought, okay, they went and got uh, Richard Page, Tom Kelly, Billy Steinberg, those cats mm -hmm. that were the backup yeah. vocalist, Richard Marks. Or, uh, other than that, that's I hear that. Yacht Rock in their harmonies, mm -hmm. that's about it. You fix it to take that one out of your list? Probably not, because okay. it's, yeah. you right. know, it's still part of my listening experience. Uh, one of your favorites, and I'm going to go with probably the original version, 1973, uh, King Harvest's Dancing in the Moonlight. Dancing in the 
that's another one that is like I think that that's a perfect proto yacht song. I think so too. Um, I why, hear some why though? Why really, is that one more than Brandy? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Hmm. That one did fairly well in our yacht invitational tournament, as I recall. What about Jackie Blue? Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Uh, to me, I consider that as yacht adjacent that somebody erroneously is putting in a yacht rock Six. mix. One more. We talked about this one ad nauseum early okay. on. Let's do it again then. Yes. Uh, 10 CCs I'm Not In Love. Now, do you do you hear no. anything that relates to yacht rock? It's, uh, let me see, what year was that? It's 1975, so. Not in the capital Y, capital yeah, R, I don't either rock. anymore. Not right? at all. Okay. What was I thinking? Oh, wait, wrong episode. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think that's, you touched on all the ones I was going to ask you. I wrote down a few artists just quickly, and I'll just list them. You don't have to necessarily respond, but, you know, the questions are, Eagles, is there some stuff there? Is there some Poco <laughs> Hold on, stuff let's unpack there? that. Let's, yeah. Let me tell you about the Eagles. Okay. Everyone pull up a chair. <laughs> America, Linda right. Ronstadt, Ooh, all it, of these kind of have some far-off relation. Are any of them related in a pre or proto way i suppose you could possibly say that ronstadt used that sort of hot shot session guys when she was using the eagles before they were big as session guys you know name people that should be a strike against them huh uh, yeah the eagles yeah but it was sort of that model of bringing in the best of the best as opposed to having your own little house band of unknowns well, let me go back to America because I brought this up a long time ago. It was a song you said you didn't remember, which surprised me because I remember this. To me, I'm hearing some uh, proto-yacht elements in right before your eyes, especially when it gets to the Rudolph Valentino part. So let's hear that again. All right. Was that one ever scored? Yes, it was. Uh, what was it given? 43.25. Okay. That's about right, yeah. maybe. They traded in their Wurlitzer for a road, so they're a little more of that, and yeah. you've got a little bit of the yacht groove in there. Enough to get it a 43, but yeah. probably not enough to get it over 50. And it's 1982, so, I mean, it has to be pre-76 to be proto-yacht, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... But I was just interesting, again, going back to the artist that got more and more yachty as you get closer to 1981. Funny how much, yeah, by, what, 81, 82, they're kind of getting near the tail end before they finally catch up to the idea. Yeah. And then was it Seals Across that they go, like, full-on disco eventually? It's yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> they went too far. Sometimes um, you can't. There's a couple of songs that are actually uh, scored above 50, so are considered yacht rock by the uh, original Yachtsky scale that I'm not sure really have the sonic markers and i'll give you a couple of those if you want uh yeah before we get to the lightning round are these pre-76 as well uh yes well this one's 1976 so right on the border but moonlight feels right mm. i know it's scored at a 52 but sonically it's still a bit raw it doesn't have um to me the sheen that a yacht rock song should have uh yeah i would agree with that particularly the drum track yeah it sounds more pre um and actually, <laughs> this song was actually rated twice. I never went and listened to the episodes to find out why. Mm. 
One time it was given a 55.5, the other time it was given a 53. From 1974, to me, this still sounds more proto, particularly the drum sounds going back to what you said before. But how long by Ace? You're right. Yeah. What year was that? 74? Yeah. yeah. And now, here, here, check out the guitar solo. This is a bluesy guitar solo. This is not a Yachty guitar solo. about that song yeah. for me the journey it's taken in my own mind is oh my god this is the perfect yacht rock song yacht rock song and then wait it's 1974 so it's proto yacht really and yeah. now i'm to the point where that's not even proto yacht at all it's more yacht rock than it is proto yacht but it's not even, yacht even it's, then. Like, it's just nostalgic rock i guess yeah that's not classic rock yeah in general it doesn't sound all that sonically Yachty, but uh, it's still probably 53 to 55 is a good enough score for that. I'm not arguing with that. No, I think the score's fine. Knowing what I know now, though, about what the sound should be defined as, I would put that sub 50 myself. Yeah, not much. I love the tune, though. Yep, me too. Well, so I guess, are we ready to rap, or do you have more songs there? That was it for me. All right, I got a good rap here. Okay. Uh, No, so my rap is... down a beat for you? We know what Proto Yacht is, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know that we have it completely uh, ironed out. I mean, we kind of breezed through the concept. Yeah, yeah. Is it? It's too bad it's not a big enough thing to be its own, own thing. Own yeah. thing. Because you're talking probably 1972 to 1976, mostly. Yeah, it was a weird time. We hadn't yet reached the peak of recording quality or prowess or art yet. Which, yeah, when people ask why is it so. Um, uh, why does it seem so random that you picked 76 to 84 as if they just made it up and, and decided these are the, the times? So it's because the, the technology had not reached a point to be able to do what they needed to do to get the sort of the sheen, the polished sound. And then why does it end at 84? Well, because certain other sonic things start taking over, which we covered in our episode of uh, The Day the Yacht Sank. So, and Interestingly... Um Last thing, at least that I have, is when we did the Boss Gags album focus, uh, which album was that? Silk, Silk Degrees? Silk Degrees. Yeah. That one kind of had a foot in the proto sound and a foot in the yacht sound. It wasn't yet fully uh, like super lush recording yet. Right. It still exactly. sounded like classic rock. So maybe there you go. There's yeah. the tipping point. Song like Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 1976, right? It's right yeah. around there, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's where I think the recording, whatever happened just in L.A., getting there. it yep. just turned. Yep. So, and then we talked about the day the yacht sank in 84, what happened there, too. So it's it's a well-defined genre. It is. As much as people like to argue, you know, you, you can look at individual things on the scale that you don't like or some, some things that just seem to be indiscriminate or random. The longer you spend with it, you get a better, you know, 30,000-foot view of it, you do realize that it is a well-defined genre. It's not as made up and just willy-nilly as you think early coming into it. Yep. But but not perfect. Hey, it's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, that was good. I uh, enjoyed going back in time. Yeah. Prior to 1976. I don't spend much time there. No. All right. Well, let's move back to current time, present day, and move on to a lightning round. So are we going to do uh, float your boat or uh, um, actually it should be a float your trireme. You know what that is? No, but it it's, does not it, sound good. It's derived from the Latin, oh. meaning three banks of oars, literally means a three rower. It's one of the earliest known seafaring vessels, almost goes back to like the Phoenicians and the ancient Greeks and Romans. So, oh. so that's what we're going to call this segment, the float your trireme. Okay. Segment. Jeez, I better be careful on how I say that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I have a song for you. Um, let's just get right to it. Kim Carnes. Her hair is hollow gold. No, 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 no. Not Betty Davis eyes. Oh. But I stumbled upon Not. a song that uh, you knew quite yeah. well. Um, does this float your boat? So you know the song. I do. Uh, it's by Kim Carnes. And going back to what I said earlier about how every artist started veering into the harbor, here's More Love. How yachty do you find More Love? don't know if I find it yachty. Um, it's smooth. Yeah. Um, it's still, it maintains a fair amount of the um, the Motown roots of it. Mm. Um, you know, Smokey wrote that, right? Yeah. You saw that, yeah. yeah. It's a Smokey tune, and it does, like, in some of the string stuff. Um, I don't know if I find it yachty, though. Hold on. Play a little of the sax solo. I'm not getting suckered in by a sax solo <laughs> this time. We've already covered that. What? Uh, George Michael or Wham? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, yes. But okay, so, uh, so it, it's a super good tune. Um, it's close in some areas, but I'm not quite sure that it's yacht rock. I think it's just, for me, it was smoother than I would have expected from Kim Carnes and yachtier than I ever thought she ever got. So I will agree with that. A surprise for me. sure. It took me aback and knocked me off my trireme. <laughs> All right. What well, do you got? I was going to kind of ask you about some of the Steely Dan stuff that we already covered now because I was kind of going to go back and see if you could identify where you think they start sounding yachty, which mm. album, which we've already talked about. That really probably pretzel logic is where it really starts to take off. So we went back and we talked about the first album. So let's get your opinion on a tune from the first album. Okay. And what do you think about this one? And don't be fooled by the Trojan horse lyric of only a fool would say that. A world become one of salads and sun Only a fool would say that A boy with a plan A natural man Wearing a white Stetson hat On hand that got me gone There's no one to fire upon It's actually on my April Fools on the yacht playlist. Well, else <laughs> not be? because it's yachty, but because it's the word Dan fool, and it says right. fool. Right. Um, no, not, I put that right in with the uh, do it again. 
uh, does not sound yachty at all. Is that what the question? Like, does it yeah. float my boat from yeah. a yacht rocks? Yeah. No, not at all. 41.38 is the official ranking. I would say even I would go lower than that. I'd go about there. Okay. <laughs> but either way, I agree with you. Yep. All right. All right. Buried treasure time then. Yes, sir. Um, I remember, I don't remember how many weeks ago it was now. It wasn't that long, but you did a focus on the marimba solo on Moonlight Feels Right. Yes. So I was we talked ago. about earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, I came across um, one of their, was going to be their second single, and it kind of got tanked. Everybody be dancing. And mm. I just happened to notice it has a really nice sort of sequence of solos. It goes from marimba mm. to sort of a silly little mini moog thing mm-hmm. into a nice guitar solo. So let's just enjoy right. that segment. For More now. buried treasures within. Yeah, buried within, as you said. That's yeah, right. Hidden uh, in plain sight. Perhaps. Sort of, yes. All right. Uh, all right, so here's my buried treasure. Okie dokie. From the aforementioned John Ford Coley in England, Dan. Usually they say it the other way around. Okay. From the aforementioned... No, not reverse. Oh, just, oh, England Dan and John Ford yeah, Coley. Yeah. Right. From the... Uh, let's see if I say this. Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive I got that right that time. Here's a tune that I don't remember how I forgot it, or I don't remember how I remember it, but it is a buried treasure. It's a great tune written by Randy Goodrum. It's called Broken Hearted Me. But I don't think time is going to heal this broken heart. No, I don't see how it can. It's broken all apart. A million miracles could never stop the pain. Or put all the pieces together again. Uh, so that features Jeff Carl at drums, Leland Sklar on bass, and uh, Ann Murray did a version. So I'm wondering, do I remember the Ann Murray version or this one? Oh, that's a good question. More than likely the Ann Murray version, yeah. I bet. Yeah, but either way, huh. their version's cool. So. All right. Buried treasure, uh, which brings, I think, me to off the trireme. No, right? map. Oh, off the map. map. Yeah. All right, well. Trireme's I, a boat, three oars. I'm going back to who potentially could be the founding father Ooh. of Yacht Rock, what we said earlier. Albert David, Hammond? Uh, no, oh. not quite that founding father. Okay. So, yeah, less Thomas Paine, more George Washington. Uh, Michael McDonald? No, Dang now it. you're too far. Uh, uh, okay. Boz Gags. Uh, David Page. Ah, so he was present on that Seals and Crofts. Yes. Right? So um, that is the coal mine in the Canary. Did I say that backwards? <laughs> <laughs> that one goes the other way around, too. Anyway, what's cool, do you know he's got a new record coming out? Yeah, an EP of oldies or something. It's his first unfinished thing. He's never yeah. done a solo record. Right. And it's here we are in the year 2022. He dates back to 1972 and probably prior. But he's uh, a new tune is out. It's called Spirit of the Moonrise. Not very yachty, so it's definitely off the map. But it's, it features Lukather and Michael McDonald. Check Ooh. out this. It's a bit of a banger. Hit it. Spirit of the 
Yeah, co-written by Luke, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah. Yep. I got to credit uh, listener Kyle from, uh, was it Smooth Sailing with Captain Kyle and the yeah. Rock Nation? There you he go. He tipped me off. He is an absolute stand for that song. He just loves it. So uh, he likes the rock inside of the boat. He does like the rock inside of the boat. Rock till the sails drop. It's <laughs> cool, though. That, I mean, here we are. David Page, is, he's prehistoric. He's current. It's cool. Yeah. Still right. Yes, yes, yes. Well, my uh, off the map goes to a conversation I was having sort of offline with listener Mike. And listener Mike was not crazy about this song, but um, it got introduced to me. And the longer that I lived with it, the more and more I started to like it. I don't know how I didn't know this song from before. Hmm. It definitely comes from the prehistoric era. I'm not making the connection that it has any seeds of yacht rock in it. It's just early soft rock. uh, What year? 1973. Three Dog Night. Ooh, Shambhala. So you're trying to make the case that third rock, third three dog night, yes, third rock from the sun is yacht rock. Is that-, <laughs> that is the case I am not making. Oh my god! I'm saying that 39, 39 million spins can't be entirely wrong. Well, well that sounded like a cool tune. Obviously, yeah, like you said, fun. nothing to do with it's yacht rock. Sing along, but- jaunty little effort. And it's how do you say it? Shambhala. Shambhala. Shamba. Shamba. Hoi polloi. 